Broadcasting live from Business Radio X Studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Learning Insight. Featuring learning professionals, improving performance to drive business results. Welcome to another exciting and informative edition of Learning Insights, brought to you by our friends at Training Pros. This is your host, Stone Payton, and in the studio with me this morning, as is almost always the case, my good friend and co-host, Lee Cantor. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Mr. Stone. How are things in your world? I'm doing well. A little bit sleep-deprived. Stayed up late last night and watched a three-hour Scorsese movie, uh, Wolf of Wall Street. And how does that compare to other Scorsese? Eh, it made me feel better <laughs> about myself, though. Uh, <laughs> I'm feeling much better about myself after having watched that character. Was it another rendition of Goodfellas? No, nah, it was a whole different ball game. But it was entertaining. It let me get off my merry-go-round. And uh, ever since, I got some good sleep and I've been looking forward to this segment. We have back in the studio uh, with us, Leanne Langford. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. So we've got some neat stuff coming up. We have this big powwow in uh, Washington, D.C. that we're going to do some stuff together on, right? Yes, and I'm going this time. You're going to be there. I'm going to be there, yes. (laughs) And we're going to get a chance to have conversations with uh, some folks in your ecosystem, right? Clients and and people that you help? Yes. Actually, my largest client has three people that will be at the conference. Sweet. Which is why I'm going. (laughs) (laughs) So that'll be fun. Lee and I are on the road a little bit before that. We're going to go do the Vegas thing. And then we're also going to get together with your Chicago team mid-summer, maybe, and uh, do some interviews up in Chicago. Excellent. Yeah, I'm headed to Chicago next month, too. But uh, mid-summer, maybe I'll try to go. Well, lay a little groundwork for us and let everybody know that we're really nice guys. I have done that, yes. (laughs) Well, this is going to be a fun segment. Uh, We have with us Product Enablement Manager with Pardot, Ms. Nicole Hanks. Good morning, Sunshine. Good morning. How are you? I am doing well. We are delighted to have you and uh, can't wait to learn more about getting enabled here. Tell us a little bit about the uh, day in the life of a Product Enablement uh, Manager, scope of... uh, responsibility what do you what do you do on a daily basis a lot um so my team and i were responsible for creating training and delivering that training to our employees to our clients and also to our partners so we go through the whole scope um design delivery implementation we also do customized on-site training for our clients so i'm on the road quite a bit. Um, And then also we train our clients virtually if they need something a little bit more that's specific to their their setup, their business needs. And then also all of our employees, we're growing really rapidly. So the need to be able to get our our employees up and going with our product all on the same page is really important as well. Now, when you're training an employee versus a client versus a partner, is it the same overarching strategy or do you have to kind of do things a little different for each constituency? Um, what we found that trading our employees and our partners are very similar. Um, they both service our clients. They both need to know a little bit more of the back-end troubleshooting, mm-hmm. um, some case scenarios, best practices. And then our clients is a little bit different because they're on the front end side of our product. So um, industry best practices, how can they use this, talking about case scenarios, about how they can really leverage our tool um, to really maximize its value. So we kind of... Even though it's three groups, we can put two of those groups on the same path Mm -hmm. and then one of those a little bit different. So when you're designing for more than one group like that, you start with a core design and then have some specialists that really know the people in this particular arena to to 
tweak it or how do you go about, yeah, walk us through that. Sure. So what we're doing um, essentially to hit all of those different groups is we really consider our client training is really foundational for the product. And then from there, adding on those layers for our employees and for our partners to kind of take it up a step, dive in deeper, go more technical if needed, especially for internal, since a lot of our people are both HTML and CSS certified. So how do we create landing pages and things like that, Mm -hmm. that our clients don't necessarily need to know because they go through our implementation. Our people internally do that for them. Um, And most marketers are not that tech savvy. Um, knowing HTML and CSS. Like <laughs> I did know that. <laughs> she did kind of accent the tech savvy with a very stern look right in my, di- my right in my direction. So, just adding on those additional layers to really customize the training for those specific um, audiences is what we're doing right now. Okay, so given that uh, this this uh, client level training as the foundation, can you then for I don't know level one have the client and uh, employee in the same room at the same time and then swing them back, or do you design completely different paths or a little bit of both? A little bit of both. So we don't necessarily have big group um, client training. So right. when we go on site, it's usually people who are end users of our product, uh-huh. and we customize it. You know, we do a scope call with them. You know, what are some of your challenges? What do you need to know? Sometimes it's, hey, we just want a refresher. We have some new people in house. We want them to get up to speed really quickly, and we think you just coming on site would be the best thing to mm-hmm. do. So for our employees, it's you know, it's truly foundational. Every single employee that we hire goes through our foundational course, um, a foundation week. So anyone from sales to engineering to marketing to our support team, they all go through all of our product training. And then foundationally, you're probably doing philosophy and culture and things like that come up. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Um, culture is a huge part of our company. Um, thankfully, uh, we were named best place to work by the AJC two years in a row. We have a really awesome culture. Um, it's really part of our core business is be the best place to work and the best place to be a client. So mm-hmm. a, a lot of that has to do with teaching and learning and being able to utilize our product and um, be supportive of one another. Now, when you're uh, creating training, are, are you getting feedback from the audience that you're training? And if so, which audience provides you with the most things that are like aha moments that you're like can tweak and move and build for future training? Really, all three audiences do a really great job. I think the people that we hire are really positive and they want to give you feedback and they want things to get better. And We're you want continue. feedback, right? Exactly. We always want it. Um, our partners are awesome saying, you know, we're also a partner with XYZ Company and this is what we really liked about you guys. Or, hey, we have this resource. Can we have this resource for you guys as well? And you're open to that because that's Absolutely. the way your culture, from a, a foundational culture standpoint, you're open to learning and you want to be the best in class right so you you would you would have to take that information in to help you build a more robust service absolutely and i totally believe in my teams on board for you know totally quality improvement and um, really making sure that we're always making sure that we don't go stale or obsolete Mm -hmm. and just listening to what people really need because our clients are still through you know getting ramped up through early adopters you know, not every company does marketing automation, which is what we do. So they're essentially leaders in their own industry by able to ad- 
uh, implement this technology. So they're always like, hey, what can we do? What can we do different? What can we do better? And there's a hundred different ways that you can implement our product, but there's some really core best practices and principles right. and essentially just tactical things to be able to implement, to be able and to do And you don't do want them job. to miss out on some of these things that maybe they're not seeing that they're not leveraging enough. Right, right. So is there a formal feedback loop or is it more just a product of the culture? Hey, we're a learning culture and, and people realize that it's not only uh, tolerated, but actually embraced that if you have an idea and you want to give some feedback about how a course might be enhanced, it, it speak to that a little bit. Sure. It's a little bit of all the above that you just uh -huh. mentioned. So a lot of it is, um, you know, tribal feedback. People just give me feedback in the kitchen since we have fully stocked food or at <laughs> breakfast when breakfast is catered in on Mondays. Um, you know, there's lots of different areas that people are like, hey, I just went through that e-learning course and it was awesome. But I think we could do this to it or um, can we add it where they can we add another scenario in it because it seems to be something new that a lot of our clients are asking about that we didn't have a need for six months ago something that we have a need for now with our clients and our partners it's a little bit more structured um, we definitely have surveys and, and feedback submissions whether it be in our e-learning modules or when we're on site with our partners delivering kind of a boot camp session with them. Um, we have them submit an anonymous survey and be able to get the results. But I think the coolest part is, is that what they put written anonymously is pretty much what they say to us in person as well. Well, that's a good sign. And Which I don't think nice. it, <laughs> it may sound like a little thing, but just the fact that it's, it's cool and okay and even encouraged to have those kinds of conversations in the break room or that kind of thing. Because I got to believe there's a great deal of intelligence roaming around a lot of companies that they don't ever, people don't ever step up and say things because, you know, they'd be seen as the, you know, the goofy person, right? Yeah. Um, I definitely think that just saying that culture from like, from a management and a leadership standpoint, um, always being able to be open to feedback and iterations and saying, Hey, this is, what we scope this out to be as if you go out to the field and this is different tell us we want to know we want to make sure that the simulations and the demos that we're creating is going to be as true as in the field as we're creating them because if not there's not a whole lot of value there so tell me a little bit about simulations what does that look like because that sounds it sounds fun but and i'm sure it's very valuable but it sounds like it could be a little frightening at first <laughs> instead of just you know instead of just sitting there and letting you just talk to me all day that's one level right but if i actually right. have to perform in a simulation yeah so think of it as you know you're going bowling right and your fear is that you're going to put the bowl in the gutters right yes so what a simulation does <laughs> now she's to talking to me yeah. now <laughs> she knew <laughs> that <laughs> So what a simulation does is allow a client or a partner or one of our employees to actually do something in the product, but in a very controlled environment. So they know what the product is supposed to be like. They know what their outcome is supposed to be. They can build their learner confidence without having any risk of touching their own instance and and accidentally blowing something up. <laughs> so we, you know, it's like, hey, we're going to help you create a form for one of your trade shows. You know, we'll go through the process. We'll show them how to create the form. And then we have a cute slide of a car. that says, now it's your turn to drive. And so <laughs> it, it allows them to go through the process of building a form and not having to worry about touching any of their own data or their own instance. And then they have the confidence, say, hey, I can do this. I got 
confirmation throughout the whole process. Now I'm going to go into my own instance and implement this. So it allows putting up those buffer lanes so you know it's at least going to make it down you know, all the way to the pins. It may not, it might bounce back and forth. They might have some errors, but we're going to give them feedback along the way as to whether they're doing it right or if they need to, you know, bounce off and go to another area. <laughs> um, say, hey, that's not right. Why don't you try this? Um, and, and so they just can build confidence because that's really what it's about with technology, especially as these people are coming on board. It's brand new technology. There's not a lot of people in the industry that have experience implementing marketing automation technology. So building that, lots of new people are also starting to move around in different roles. So as they bring on new resources and are and these teams are growing because the companies are seeing value in our product and in our technology. So they're saying, yeah, we want to invest more resources into this department. So it's a really cool, really cool industry and a really cool place to be. What a great analogy. I bet you're a fantastic trainer yourself, right? <laughs> no, what, I don't know if it's an analogy or metaphor or whatever, but it was a great visual picture to, to, see, those, to see those bumpers. Uh, but who is doing the training? You've got subject matter experts, or you go out and get subject matter experts. You, you do it all. How does that work? Well, um, there's a couple people on my team who are truly subject matter experts. Before I created our training and enablement team, I actually started and created and led our support team for two years. When I started, we didn't even have a support team. Ah. Uh, so we were really new, really growing quickly. Um, and so being support, a support organization, you need to know the ins and outs of the products. So um, that's kind of where I started with the company. And then I have other people on my team who came from different areas of the company, maybe client implementation or support, things like that. And so that's why we're able to develop so quickly is because the people who are developing it are truly subject matter experts. Um, and so a lot of time I've been going on site and delivering training for our clients just because of my bandwidth and um, knowledge, a lot of that knowledge. And now since our team is growing, it's how do I share that knowledge with the rest of my team to get them up to speed for um, you know, different scenarios. And as the product grows, how do we also teach people about all the new features and how they can enable those? So I've the last year, I've been doing the majority of the traveling and doing on-site training with our clients. So it's been great to go out, get to know more about their business, understand their business processes, learning about how what they do on a day-to-day -day basis that is very manual um, and take it up to the next level and set automation processes to really streamline their business process. Now, is there any challenge? You're a technology firm, but um, a lot of the people you're training aren't technologists necessarily. Is there uh, some translation issues you have? Or is everything built in your firm for the non-technologist? Our product is built for people who do not have technology experience. A lot of our product is set up by wizard. So you just have to essentially follow the steps in the wizard to be able to accomplish what you need to accomplish. Um, we try and make our product as literally as user friendly as possible. So, you know, that's why at the beginning, we didn't spend a whole lot of time and needs for really a formal training department, because our product was so easy to use. It wasn't meant to be for someone who was really technical or knew how to code, or had to write an email from HTML from scratch. It was from someone who was like, hey, I've used MailChimp or Constant Contact. I know how to do this. I can plug and play. Right. And that's a lot of what our tool is. 
Well, actually, with your permission, I'd like to back up a little bit. Let's talk about the tool itself, the the product, the service. Right. What's it designed for? How might it apply? And, and I don't know, maybe you can share a specific example so we can see a picture of it. Sure. Um, so our product is... We do marketing automation, and so it's a really way for marketers to be able to design, develop, and execute marketing campaigns and be able to see their ROI, their true ROI, and we're able to calculate for that. Now, since we're a part of the Salesforce.com family, we integrate with Salesforce. We also have integrated with other CRM systems as well. Um, and so that data that these prospects and these clients that they're marketing to we show all their activity and we can send that over to their CRM. So someone from sales or someone from inside sales can see exactly what their prospects or their clients are doing. And when they give that person a call, they know how to frame that conversation. So maybe marketing sent out a white paper, you know, about five things to do your first time on a radio show. And so, you know, I clicked on it, I downloaded it and, um, you know, I triggered a notification to my sales rep saying, hey, guess what? Nicole just downloaded that. And so sales ah, calls me and cool. they say, oh, hey, um, have you had a chance to take a look at our five best practices of being on a radio show? Yeah, no. And it just helps sales frame that conversation. And it actually helps shorten the sales cycle. So a lot of that automated emailing, um, we can put people on drip programs if they're not ready to buy just quite yet. Maybe you still need to warm them up a little bit. You can put them on automatedly nurturing paths to be able to nurture them, which has typically been a very manual process through marketing. We can streamline it all through our product. Man, we've come a long way since the three by five cards, haven't we, Leanne? (laughs) (laughs) You may not be old enough to remember, but when I started selling training like a long time ago, we had a little box with three by five cards. And then we could note that we sent the hard copy white paper out. But the next note would be after we've talked to them to ask them, you know, what questions they might have had about what we sent them. And this is, this is not me just logging the fact in that this is all happening in the background. Yeah, it's all it's all web based. So if you have a website, um, you know, we can track what's going on and provide that insight. So not only for the salesperson, but also for you, if there's content there that you do not want, we're not going to send it to you. So we can customize the content that you're receiving based off the needs and the interests that you're telling us, whether it's directly or indirectly by just what you're visiting on the site. So then your customers tend to be large sales organizations. Is that who typically buys this service? So typically, our when our company was sorry was supposed to be an intended and currently is is for small to medium sized businesses. Mm-hmm. So marketing teams less than ten people, um, you know, not huge massive sales organizations. But as we are um, a part of the Salesforce.com family, of course, we have lots of different divisions of larger companies that are using our product, which is is really cool. It's been really fun to see the company grow. So I'm not an instructional designer, but I know a guy who knows a guy who's an instructional designer. So I've been on the periphery of some of this a little bit, and, and I have come to believe that it's, um, it's difficult to design training that is truly effective and self-directed, or at least I know some organizations have a real challenge in designing self-directed 
training. Is that important? And if so, you got any magic sauce that'll help some of the rest of us? <laughs> Hey, if someone has that magic sauce, I'll take some too. <laughs> no, there's some real challenges for that, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. So I think what, what we're actually starting on the path for is developing learner paths. So developing a profile of a learner who's very similar to the people who use their product and put those courses together so they can say, oh, hey, I'm also a marketing coordinator. Here's the courses that I probably need and I can go down this path, but not limit them to just what is on that path. Um, it's kind of like giving someone a roadmap said here, here's a way to get to my house, but they might end up going a totally different way, but the, the end goal is the same, right? So being able to say, hey, this is the path I need you to go on. These are the goals that you're going to accomplish on this path, but giving them kind of free reign if they see something that's interesting or pertinent to maybe some of their new initiatives, allowing them to be able to access that content. So not necessarily putting everything in a module and in a course, but also having some freestanding pieces of content that they can really customize their experience. So as they learn needed. and what you can tell what they like and don't like, and it says like, if you like this, you might be interested in this. You might be the, interested in this content. Right. Sounds like Amazon. <laughs> you ever bought a book on Amazon, Leah? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it says, oh, you bought that. Now see, I can relate to that, not the index cards. Clearly you're much older than me. <laughs> so are a lot of your your clients doing more and more of this self-directed uh, design? Is that the kind of environment that they're designing or is it just all over the map? Well, that's the goal for a lot of the clients, yes. Is, yeah. to, is to, to build these self-directed paths? Yes, absolutely. So Nicole's company is definitely on the cutting edge there on the learning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. That's quite the... Yes. That's now, quite but, the but one of the challenges in that is you've got to crank this stuff out though, right? Oh, because you've got to be able to be fast yeah. enough for everybody has different needs. Absolutely. And being able to customize the story. Um, because if people go through a module, especially e-learning, that they're like they're talking about someone else who's really not me, they're going to disengage really fast. So being able to say, hey, this is an admin, this is their story, this is a marketer, here's their story, and really customizing it so it fits their needs and say, hey, I can relate with this right. person, it really gets them engaged. And actually, we see a much higher completion rate with that. Um, but that is, we have to crank out this stuff really fast. Um, our product is constantly growing and evolving and changing. And right? changing. Um, you know, for engineering, moving a navigation button is really easy. But for us, for right. us, yeah, right. it's a big feat to change everything if just a button is changed. Right. So, when that domino falls, that's knocking down a hundred other dominoes. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, we have everything from workbooks, instructor manuals, to in-app user assistance, to webinars, to e-learning e modules, <laughs> in-app, in-app. So it's actually oh, in-app. In I thought yeah. you said in-app. <laughs> <laughs> no, in-app, in-app user assistance. Um, so when something like that happens, we have to well, essentially now run it's a, a different, process. It's a different product now because they won't, if you say the button's on the left and now the button's on the right, you got to <laughs> yeah. start again, right? <laughs> um, or you got to say, just kidding. See just this, kidding. everything here? It's all <laughs> fine. It's, it's the opposite. Don't look behind yeah. the curtain. <laughs> right. It's all good. Man, um, you must be just slammed. You got to be hopping. Yeah, and I mean, and we're constantly releasing new features. So getting everyone trained internally about what the feature can do, how does it work, how do you troubleshoot it, 
you know, what are the values in this? How can an admin person use it? How's, how's this beneficial for marketing? Um, so we crank out stuff pretty fast. And I think the key is having good subject matter experts on your team that can crank this stuff out really quickly. I think another thing is having really strong relationships with other departments. Right. So we're really close with our product team. They actually come into our weekly enablement team meetings and give us an update on so you have the heads what's up, going the on. Timelines and Timeline, stuff. So you know. What's going on? Um, how What's coming down the pipe next so we can prepare and build that into right. our sprint cycles? What, um, what's a typical timeline for you? Um, for something that's a new feature, about less than two weeks to get it from <laughs> two beginning weeks. to end. Wow. Yeah. So and that, when they tell you it's two weeks, are you high five? You're like, yay, two weeks. We have two weeks. That's great. <laughs> or are you like, oh my god, two weeks? <laughs> you right now, me. I'm like, yes, two weeks. <laughs> right. At one because time, you were like, one time way it was back like, when. Yes, I need it tomorrow. Well, well, no, it was like, hey, three days ago we released this. <laughs> Some, so we have some kinds of about right. that. <laughs> do you think we can do something with this? So two weeks right now, I'm high-fiving. I'm right. like, oh, yes, we have two weeks. Um, you know, before it was, you know, way back in the day when I started, it was like, hey, we push, pushed this cool thing out. Maybe we should teach some people about it. <laughs> How do you use it now? <laughs> now it's out there. Our support was, you know, we would get an email in from a client saying, hey, I just tried to use this and, you know, X, Y, Z happened. Oh, that's cool because I've never seen it before. Uh, so now being a part of, you know, we were acquired by Exact Target in October of 2012. And then Salesforce acquired Exact Target in July of 2013. So we went through two acquisitions in 12 months. So um, now being a March bigger company, it's really nice to be able to leverage some of their operations and their scale initiatives mm -hmm. and things like that. So that's how we've been able to take advantage of saying, hey, we get two weeks now. <laughs> <laughs> that story sounds like the spider and the fly. You remember that when you were a kid and the spider eats the fly? And it, um, so <laughs> I'm particularly fascinated with your ability to navigate different worlds because it, it strikes me that You've got to be able to understand the employee population, the client population. You've got to be able to communicate effectively with leadership. So when you get a fantastic idea, like maybe you should design an inept customer, <laughs> inept user <laughs> application. Now you, so when you go back, you have to have a, a way to get it funded and ordained and all of that stuff. Where I'm heading is uh, trying to get some counsel, if any, that you might have to offer up-and-coming people in this arena so that they can operate effectively in a, in a complex system. Uh, any counsel you might offer people so that they too can, can, uh, can build the, the, the skills to do what apparently you figured out how to do. <laughs> I think the biggest thing, um, especially when we launched an app assistance <laughs> <laughs> last year, um, was just the relationships I had with other teams. So, you know, just because you work with them kind of don't always go to them just when you need something, right? Uh -huh. Say, you know, for engineers, what can we do to help you guys onboard your engineering team, right? What can we, what can we create? What kind of, uh, you know, job can we make? Um, can we do a video? What can we do to help you? Um, and so you have something to barter with as well. Um, so instead of just saying, hey, I need this, I need this, I need this, go in and say, hey, I know that you guys are really growing. What can we do to help you? Right. So we're experts in this. Let us help you. Um, they struggle with that sometimes, you know, their own teams trying to onboard their own employees. Um, they just don't have the knowledge about how to do that effectively. So it's a give and take. Go out like we make sure that we go out to lunch with our engineering team. 
um, at least once a month. We have cross-functional events after work um, just to go and hang out and get to know people more on a personal level. And then you can leverage those relationships when you need them. That is good sound advice. That would probably help you in your marriage, Lee. Yeah, right. <laughs> Best you know, practice. Do a little something for Abby before you just... <laughs> Proactive. Proactive. Good. No, that's good. that's good sound advice. What's next for you? What's next for Pardite? Got anything exciting that you're allowed to talk about uh, on the horizon? Every two weeks, it changes. Every two right? weeks. Every two weeks is something. we got to have her back in here every two weeks. <laughs> It'll be a different company soon. Right. <laughs> um, so the big thing is that we just launched our e-learning. We never had e-learning before. Um, so it's pretty awesome. People are really loving it. Um, we haven't done uh, a huge push to our client base yet because we're doing some beta testing internally, um, telling people, hey, this is what... Do, does everything work? You know, we've gone through it a hundred times, right? So we've kind of become numb to some of the modules and what happens and some of the simulations and things like that. So just having it internally and then having our internal implementation team leverage it during their onboarding of new clients and see how effective it is as far as um, email load, caseload, things like that. And then once we have a few more published to um, the LMS, we are going to go ahead and do a huge campaign around it and um, get clients on board and um, make sure that we have the right triggers and metrics in place to see how well we're doing. And with your systems, you'll know how on board they are, when, where, how fast, <laughs> all that stuff. So on the e-learning, though, that is enough of a departure. Uh, talk about that a little bit. Was that a struggle? Did you have to put on a very different lens to design the training or adjust the training design uh, for, for e-learning? Our webinars that we have been giving for the last two years were very similar in nature. I mm -hmm. think the biggest change was how can we get people engaged with the product in that safe environment? So doing the demos and especially the simulations so they actually drive um, part of their own learning was kind of something that none of us had really done before. Um, no one else on my team had really done that. So it was saying, hey, we're going to see if this works. And <laughs> hopefully it does. Uh, we've gotten some really great feedback. Um, and people, people have just really loved it. Our partners have loved it. Our employees have loved it. Um, and as we're growing in all these other remote locations, like in Sydney and Dublin and the UK, it's going to be really key to be able right. to have this. You almost have to have it at the that You point. have to have it at that point. Um, I can't fly around the world. Well, so. you can. Well, you can for I a while. Just to make sure things <laughs> are... We should probably go have conversations, recorded and broadcasted conversations around the world just to set the tone, don't you think? I think Sydney would be a great first Yeah, time. I think so, too. You, <laughs> you, you should write a list right? of yeah, all, all the destinations you think are really important. <laughs> we'll put four microphones in a briefcase and we're out of here. We're gone. Let's go. So, Leanne, is this, uh, are you seeing more and more of this uh, organizations that are adopting e-learning in, in your work? And you're, are you deploying people to help them kind of get on the e-learning bandwagon? Is that happening more and more? Um, most companies are already on the e-learning bandwagon. I think that Nicole's company is just so young and fast-growing that they didn't have time to deal with e-learning yet. But yeah, right. most yeah, companies definitely. are already on So it. they're already there. Yeah, most people are already there. They're now, most companies are now moving forward into like mobile learning and ah. social yeah. learning and bigger, mm -hmm. scarier, right. lots yeah. of stuff. Yeah. So that's next for you. Yeah. So oh, really? we've, we've already had conversations <clears throat> in regards to mobile learning. Yeah. One of the ways that I can push back is that our product is not mobile friendly. So thus our training should not be mobile friendly. 
So there you go. To put <laughs> it back on, on the engineers. Go. You want this? Make this mobile friendly. Yeah. Make it happen. Um, Salesforce is really huge with mobile learning. They've really been kind of one of the forefronts in that. Um, all their training is available via a mobile device. Mm -hmm. Some of ours is. Um, the simulations is where we would have to cut back not to be able to do it on a mobile device. Right. So um, what do we give up? And just based off of our knowledge of how our customers are using our product, they're using it at work at their computer. Right. They're not so. using it on a mobile device, you know, mm -hmm. remote somewhere or on the way home or taking transit or something yeah. like that. Mobile's not for everything. No. No. Well, I got to tell you, hanging out with you is, is fun, it's invigorating, and uh, I would go Thanks. have conversations with you in Lawrenceville or Sydney. <laughs> and I don't know, maybe we ought to have you back every couple of weeks. But it has been an absolute delight yeah, having you in fun. the studio. Yeah, it's been fun. Thanks so much. Well, we'll have you back sometime. Okay. No kidding. Sounds good. All right. Until next time, this is Stone Payton for Lee Cantor, our guest this morning, and our underwriter, training pros, and everyone here at the Business Radio X family saying we'll see you next week on Learning Insights. Although we stout, 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 st